ever watch a video online and think, wow, how the hell did they do that? Well, you can now find out on the Subject and Focus podcast with me, Archie. This month, I'll be doing something a little different. As part of the celebration for Black History Month, I'll be speaking to four exceptional up-and-coming black creatives every week in February. Today, I'll be talking with content creator Gary Blake about a promo video his company made for a local barbershop featuring a young up-and-coming boxer. We'll dive into how he put his content together, what tricks of the trade he uses while making videos, and finding the inspiration to raise your content creation skills to a new level. As always, the link to the video will be in the episode description for you to check out. So pull up a chair, put on those headphones, and get comfortable. Okay, and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning back in. And right now we are talking to a videographer extraordinaire, Gary Blake. <laughs> extraordinaire, you're, you're very kind. <laughs> um, yes, thanks for having me. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. So yeah, it's nice to be on the other end of the camera for, for once. But yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised this is your first time. I thought you'd be getting lots of people interviewing you, Gary. Uh, course not definitely not <laughs> <laughs> well don't worry man like this is very cool it's very chill just for anyone who's listening obviously if you could just sort of introduce yourself very quickly and just say what you do and just generally what you're about um okay so my name is gary blake my instagram is i am mr blake i'm a video content creator videographer in other words um primarily shoots food automotive and sport particularly boxing however you know not shy and uh, very experienced in shooting corporate video and communications events, etc. That's how I describe myself, I guess. Nice. How'd you get started in the first place? I mean, when was the first time you kind of picked up a camera? Uh, so I first got started in uh, at university. I did a multimedia undergrad. At Coventry, right? At Coventry, that's right, yeah. And um, in one of the modules, I can't exactly remember what it was, but I ended up shooting a documentary on one of my one of my friends from uni about him wanting to make it as a pro footballer. When I put it on Facebook, it got lots of likes, lots of comments. And I always remember my lecturer said on the post itself, Gary, you're destined to have a career in media. And if he's listened to this, he'll remember that it was called the quest for success. I remember that. <laughs> but um, yeah, after that, I sort of did a, a master's degree in film to kind of specialize and learn more because I, I, I had never really used a camera prior to that and then following that you know it came out and you know a uni degree doesn't guarantee a job so I ended up working back in retail where I was before I went to uni and um, some sort of mentors local mentors I had at the time were sort of pushing me and a friend of mine who's a few years older who was a BBC journalist they were saying that we should come together and, and start a video production business and back in 2011 we, we did just that and here we are, we're, we're still here. So I just want to sort of pull back a little bit quickly, where you talk about that film that you made when you were doing your undergrad. Is that when it kicked in for you? Or was there any other points where you thought, okay, no, this could actually be a thing I do? Well, I, I, throughout the process, I was certainly enjoying it. I enjoyed every part of it from, you know, writing the story. I remember the intro took sort of clips of great sporting moments that had happened in past and present at that time. And I enjoyed the entire process, um, especially the editing. But not only that I enjoyed doing the video, but when, again, it got the response it did on social media and my lecturer himself said that on my Facebook page, it made me think, oh, maybe, maybe I should look into this. And then, I, again, I just went and did the only thing I thought was right and 
just learnt more at master's level. So as I said, I, was, I wasn't born editing. I wasn't born shooting. I never, you know, I don't have any family members that did it or anything like that. I literally just took that one moment and that one project from my undergrad and sort of ran with it. And so you took that step and then you did your master's and then you hit the real world and ended up in retail. It's John Lewis, right? Correct. Yeah. You've done your homework. <laughs> it's the job. It's the job. <laughs> so you're working in John Lewis and then you're working in retail and it's the nine to five. Obviously, you ended up working in that partnership uh, with your colleague who used to work at the BBC. How did it come about that you guys ended up forming that video production company? Well, um, so like you said, I was working at John Lewis. I went back there. And back then when you went to uni and you followed the whole education route, sort of, you know, GCSEs, A-levels, university, and then even masters, and you come out and then you end back up, you know, in the job you were doing part-time as a, as a teenager, you, I was feeling bummed I was feeling down I, I would write and apply to production houses and you know it's like it's difficult to get in them or if you if you get in them there's no payment but it was really difficult to get sort of into the industry and as I said my business partner at the time was working for BBC and wanted a change because he felt there wasn't enough room to stretch his creativity and stuff like that so then as I said some mentors at the time sort of said to us you guys should think about doing this. There's business out there, you know, you can make money from this. There's people who will pay for these services. Because again, it was at the time where people would have uh, videos on their web pages, like five minute long promo videos, like that was the thing. And then we, we came together on a first sort of pitch for the local council here in High Wycombe. Uh, and we won that pitch. And I think off the basis of winning that pitch, we formed the company and um, worked on that for that year. And what's sort of been like, because obviously you guys have been running for quite a while now. Um, was it uh, 2011 that you started, right? 2011, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of what Highway Productions is, well, what is your core business? Who are your core clients? What do you guys sort of mainly do on your day to day? So I would say we specialize in food, automotive and sport content for brands, businesses, and that's our day to day, really. We, we go out, we shoot, we edit, we can provide photography, animation. That's the bread and butter, I would say. Um, we also film a lot of events. And for, from year three to onwards, again, a lot of our work was events. So that was another sort of avenue to help build the business in the early stages. You've done quite a lot of sort of interesting stuff, really, because of just even just quickly looking through sort of like IG profiles and websites. I mean, there's different sort of brands. It's like Muscle Fitness, Honda UK. There are events where you've got people sort of, I've seen footballers sort of like Jordan Henderson. I've seen people like Big Nasty. So like, you know, like you're really sort of covering your bases across the board, aren't you? Yeah. I mean, again, it's been such a long time and We've worked with, a, like you say, such a variety of clients. For me, that variety is, is good because I, I quite like diving into someone else's world, someone else's profession, their industry, understanding how it works and then trying to help them with our skills. Yeah, I quite like the, the diversity amongst the portfolio. It's been, it's been fun and I'm, I'm grateful to have, have done it, to be honest. In terms of you specifically, because obviously I know you guys sort of work together. In terms of you specifically, how would you describe your style in terms of Gary Blake, shooter, editor? That's another good question. You're good. Um, how would I describe my style? I would describe my style as polished, but adventurous 
<laughs> I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Sorry. It's just the look on your face. He's like, you weren't sure about that. <laughs> I wasn't sure. It's hard, it's hard to describe a style. I'm not sure. Because, again, it, this, my style has also changed. And I guess when we get onto this piece, I, I can elaborate on that. But over the years, it's developed. I've watched, learned, taken bits from as everyone does, taking bits from people I like, understood techniques that are popular and it changes. And I think you have to be able to adapt because clients will see something and want to emulate that. However, maybe my approach is unique. My approach to videography might be unique as opposed to actual, the finished product. When clients are working with me, it's very, it's easy for them in the sense that it's not stress. It's not difficult. You know, things are delivered on time. It's very clear in terms of communication and from the outset, you know exactly what's going to happen, how it's going to happen. And I like to think that's a huge part of why clients choose to work with me on set before the shoot and afterwards, because at the end of the day, the product is good and getting there wasn't a headache. So I might say that actually, the approach to the creation is my style. Is that something that you think you've always had? Or is that something that's, you know, that's just based on like a natural evolution of just the way you've worked? I think it's something I've come to, but I also think it's just the type of person I am, to be honest. I, I like to speak and socialize. Um, I'm quite loud. You might be able to tell this already if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I also know how to be professional. I understand what the client wants and when. So I, I think it's something that, you know, my natural skills in dealing with people came through early. But over the years, I've learned to sort of refine it and understand that actually I can deliver a service that is good and still get the end products that the client was after. Does that whole process then, just not just in, in terms of like dealing with clients, but does the whole sort of process of creating content still excite you? Is what you just described in terms of the way you approach it, does that help you maintain your excitement for the job? Yeah, I would, I would say that again, the variety helps maintain excitement. Just this week, I was shooting for a cocktail company. Last week, I was in an interior design company. So that, that's always good because, again, the, the outputs are very different. But also, you get a feeling. Well, I certainly get a feeling when editing something, where if it's special. There's something different with particular edits where you're like, yeah, I've got a vibe with this one. This one's different, shall I say. So I think that chasing that and also always re-challenging yourself and taking inspiration from others, like even looking at your stuff, looking at the other guests you've had on, I'm looking at their stuff and I'm thinking, wow, that's amazing. I haven't done anything like that. I'd love to do something like that. That's the exciting part for me. Like understanding and sort of decoding other people's stuff, looking at it and saying, I'd like to take a bit of that and do that with this person or do that here. So I think that's how I keep that excitement, actually. The variety and just trying to always better your last project. Yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah, so... I've been looking through your stuff and I think there's one consistent that seems to be there throughout all your stuff is sport. I think sport's a big thing for you. And certainly in the last two or so years, things like boxing seems to have come into that play as well. You've done stuff with boxers like Anthony Yard, where you're in his camp for a while and you've also been making content with him for a bit. I mean, you've got that boxing podcast that you do as well. And then obviously you have your relationship as well with Ben Smith. And just for anyone who's listening, Ben Smith is also an up-and-coming boxer who is the key part of the promo that we're about to talk about. Obviously, for anyone who's listening, the link will be in the bio right now. Um, 
But if you want to do a quick introduction for this, uh, Garrett, please. So this is a piece called, well, it's not called anything, but it's for Three Chairs Grooming, which is a, a barbershop in the Buckinghamshire area. Um, and it came off of their owner, Ryan Bartlett, approaching me and saying, you know, we're sponsoring a white collar boxing event in High Wycombe. Ben, who is a professional boxer from High Wycombe, same Ben Smith, gets his haircut here. Is there anything we can shoot to promote this? You know, I said, yeah, we can definitely do something. You know, let's, let's try and marry the two together. And that's where the idea came from to sort of have Ben in both the barbershop and the ring where two places he obviously spends a lot of time and mirror everything more or less that happens in the ring to getting a haircut. He goes into the barbershop, he goes into training, you know, he sits down, he straps up his gloves and the action starts, you know, he's getting, we were trying to marry like scissor snips with jabs and swipes of a clipper going right to a right hand, left hand, that type of thing. And, you know, we, we storyboarded everything. We shot the haircut in the morning. We shot the training that afternoon and um, we put that together. So again, this was done in 2018, I think. Well, it changes in the last two years. Yeah, a lot has changed in the last few years. Yeah, but it was um, <laughs> like when picking a piece for this, like a piece of content to share for this podcast, I said to my fiance and one of my closest friends, you know, what, what, I have no idea what to pick because again, some of your previous guests have had some amazing videos and then you think, you want to put one with lots of tech techniques in. You want to put one that had a bit more depth in the, the storyboard and things like that in. But, you know, they both said to me, why don't you pick a piece that sort of changed it for you? And this was that piece. This, this was the piece that when we put this one out and this one came out, more people paid attention to what we were doing and are doing. And, and ever since, we've been fortunate, fortunate enough to work with a variety of brands in producing this type of content. How did you come with that concept in the first place? Is that something that was done between you and Fiona Ryan or was that something that just came between you and your partner? No, that, that was, that was all sort of created in house. I mean, I probably took some inspiration from, you know, the LucasAid, Nike and Lynx adverts or whatever, using athletes to do something. But it was just the way to, as I say, marry the two together that, you know, this is for a boxing event. Ben is a boxer, but he also gets his hair cut. So it's kind of like, you know, let's show him getting himself a fresh trim, but also show what he does day to day. And there's excitement in both of them. You know, it's two things that men and women can do. Yeah, it's just something that came to mind and, and a, a way to marry sort of, the, say, the strokes of a barber to the punches of a boxer. And that was the first, again, the first project where, you know, it was sound design was a thing. I don't even want to really use the word sound design because when you listen to it, there's a lot more that can be done to But, you know, that was the first time we layered sound effects to the piece. That was something we, we'd never done before. You know, it was like, okay, there's been a level change here from what you've been producing to what you're producing now. When did you make the decision to sort of like incorporate all that stuff? Because obviously you can do a lot of that in the edit, but there are point, you know, you have to sort of have that mindset when you're on location, when you're picking up FX. When filming it, we knew that there are key sounds in both places. You know, the buzz, the humming of the clippers, the snipping of scissors, punches, uh, you know, when Ben is throwing those punches, he's making those noises. Like that adds to everything, as we all know now. Like you got to pay it. Sometimes you have, you should pay more attention to sound or just as much at least to sound in your video editing because it just makes it feel very, a lot more real. And it makes the impact of watching it again, especially with something so quick. So yeah, I think it, ne it needed the sound just to, to give it that extra edge. 
And was that something that you guys did specifically on set? I mean, in terms of actually using like, I don't know, an audio recorder to pick up sound or were you just sort of using the sound from when you were filming the clips? So uh, in the barbershop, we used a separate audio recorder to pick up the sound of the clippers and the scissors, etc. You know, there was a lot of Atmos going on because obviously it was still a, work, a shop people were working in. So we used some, you know, we used Foley, some sound effects from online for some of them. Um, the gym, we use real, that's all real sound from our, the, the camera itself. In the gym, we were sort of more focused on the angles. We were capturing certain punches, the movement of the gimbal around certain punches, and also the GoPro shot that merges with the, the chair spin at the end. You've talked a lot about sort of trying to push things uh, push things in different ways. I mean, like the point of view shot, which I think is one that sort of stands out very quickly where you sort of, yeah, where you see basically Ben taking shots of the pad, but it's a point of view shot. Um, how hard was that to do? How long did it take you to do that specific shot? Uh, no, it wasn't, it wasn't difficult at all, actually. Like the GoPro was something I was, I was using just socially, just taking it around and making these sort of end of year highlights I would, from a personal point of view. But then, yeah, when it came to making that shot, you know, we had the chest harness already. We just put the GoPro on, on the trainer and did the live feed to the phone and uh, just made him go around on the pads and just told him to land some right hand, hands at the end of his combo. And um, yeah, we just made sure the chair spin previous in the morning was the same way. So it, it wasn't difficult at all to do. Like, again, it was just in the vision and the early storyboard and we, we pulled it off. And I remember actually at the time, like this is a live gym. You know, we haven't rented these places. Like, this gym has people in it. The barbershop had customers in it. So sometimes you can go, like, a bit off-piste in terms of your storyboard. But I remember when we finished this one, I looked back at the storyboard and was like, oh, wow, we actually did everything that was written down as, a, like, an initial idea was in it. That's what happened. So, um, you know, again, and that was, that was the change. And, you know, I'm not going to lie and say we storyboard everything to that level now. But, you know, majority of it is and it's it's good to know that sometimes when you when you stick to that you can un end up with something you're proud of i was going to ask actually about that like how often do you guys how often do you had you guys storyboarded up to that point and how often do you storyboard in terms of like when you work in your projects up to that point I, put, I couldn't put a number on it but there was always there's always a brief there's always written down ideas but this one literally had and they weren't drawn but they were like bullet points like you know Ben walks in barbershop because of that mirror concept. So we were kind of like forced to do it in a way from that concept. It's like, okay, so if he's going to throw left hands or an uppercut or whatever in the gym, what can he be doing to mirror, mirror it more or less in the barbershop? And again, it was a real haircut. So it's, it's capturing the real haircut. <laughs> you know, we, you can't mess up his hair for the, for the <laughs> his hair in, in, you know, for real. So you had to capture it, but bear in mind that actually we're trying to match jabs, hooks, uppercuts, and a heavy right hand at the end. We, we storyboard a fair amount. Again, not every time, because sometimes there's no time to, and you just kind of hash it out in the emails. But actually making a document, you know, we definitely did it more on, from that point, storyboards and pitches and ideas and plans. So how long did it take to edit? I would say, with amends, I would say all in two days. But I can't remember there being many amends, to be honest. Um, I remember Ryan sent me like a, a message calling me an effing wizard. <laughs> and again, that's why I, like, I'm reflecting back to that point where it was like, okay, we've nailed it with this one. This is one to be proud of. You've talked a lot about this being a game changer for you. I think that's what it was. Just in terms of the techniques that you used and the 
kit that you use in terms of the gimbals and uh, even the fact that you guys were using your uh, using the Sony rather than like the standard C100 up to this point. It seems to me that you guys went into this thinking, okay, we can go up to that next step. And my question is, what was it about this project that made you think, okay, we can just push this and make this better? I think it, the, the opportunity to film two things that are very attractive from a visual point of view, you had to. You have to make this good. This has to be something like emulate those adverts you see. You know, you always, all these AJ promos that you're doing for Under Armour, like that's what they are. They're merging a commercial brand with an athlete. So I feel like we just had the opportunity there to go for it. There was pressure on because the event wasn't too far away. It's a commission job. The, the pressure's there. So deliver. That, that's it. <laughs> I can't even answer anymore. It was just, here's an idea. Let's just go for it. We've invested in new kit. We understand techniques that are happening now. Here's a chance to put them into practice. How has it changed you guys as a business? How has it changed the way you guys shoot for clients now? From a personal point of view, it's, it's shown me that you can do these things, you know, continue to learn, continue to look at others and take inspiration and work things out. As I say, decode it, work out how you can do it and what you can do to change it. It got us the, the attention to work with different brands. Like, as I say, off the back of that was the Maxi Muscle shoot. It's Maxi Muscle. You have no choice but to deliver. Look at previous examples, look at history and work out how you can deliver that. Buy, rent, equipment-wise, if you need it. Learn the technique. If it needs animation or After Effects, and I can't use After Effects, find someone who can to make that project better, even if it costs you, because that will only then give you more opportunity. You will also learn from said person, and therefore you will always be better going forward. So yeah, that, that's what I would say, since that it just gave us more opportunity, which drives more desire to learn, develop, and improve the product to keep those opportunities coming. When you look back at it, how would you say it's reflective of what your current shooting style is as Gary Blake? It's impactful. It's pacey. There's an element of sound design. It's clean. You know, the detail in the hair. Some of the shots, you can even see the flicks of the hair as, you know, the slow motion. And I think there's, although there's no words in it, it's clear what you're looking at. This is a barbershop. You know, this is an athlete. Um, so I would say it reflects my style again in that sense from a technical aspect but also the approach as i said it was a day shooting two locations one day nothing had to be stopped we didn't rent space everything was still going on and the edit was turned around quickly it was done efficiently and in time for the event we've taken that element to always push going forward when possible in every project going forward when you look back at it is there anything that you would change if I could do it again, I thought about doing this, actually. I thought about updating it before we spoke. <laughs> I thought about just doing a little bit. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> they there like, like, why does it look like it's been filmed with like a red camera all of a sudden? Yeah, like, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> no, I thought about just revisiting the edit. But what I would do is I would look at the sound design again. I feel like there's some holes in it, in the sense that there's parts where it feels like it ends too abruptly and... It's a bit, you know, harsh in terms of coming in and coming out. Just a few bits. A new camera, obviously I'd shoot on a different camera. And I think that's it, to be honest. That's not me saying it's the perfect piece, but it's the only thing I think I would change now. Which camera would you go for? I would shoot on the C200. 
now in Raw. Um, I think that would improve it massively. I think the pace is good in the edit. I think you watch it and it has a good pace about it. But yeah, other than sort of technical aspects of the camera and things like that, the sound design, I, would, I wouldn't change much else. That's definitely something I would agree with it in terms of what you just said about the pace. Because there's one thing that definitely stands out about it, it's that it's very much in and out. It's just so straight and to the point. That's been, these are three chairs grooving. We're supporting these guys. If I was a client and I wanted something to basically loop in the middle of like an event, I think you basically nailed the brief perfectly in that respect. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that being said, uh, I think I might have just answered this question for you, but I was going to say, in a few words, why should people check out this video? <laughs> um, because, yeah, it's pacey, it's impactful. You know, Ben is a professional boxer. That's a local barbershop. It's, it's using resources that are on my doorstep. It's literally, that's it. It's in its purest form. Um, and it's just a, some thought before and that magic moment, that light bulb moment, as you said, whilst editing. And I, as I said, I think every videographer or editor knows when they've had that because they're jumping off their seat and they're watching it again. They're hitting space bar again, again, and they turn the music up, they full screen it. Sometimes they even turn the lights off when I have that moment. I was like, let me, let me see this with the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. You know what? I don't say a lot, but we've nailed this one that was that moment and i and again i back to my mentor who started helped us start i got big him up as well jay blades and and jade from this charity local charity formerly known as street dreams when that came out in 2018 jay messaged me he does a um, repair shop on bbc yeah he, he messaged me and said new level this is sick well done and you don't often get those messages from certain people when they pay attention and they notice something, then you know you've done something that's different from the ordinary. You've mentioned, you mentioned it a couple of times, actually, just in terms of the mentorship that you got. And it'd be great to just hear a little bit more about just sort of like that uh, mentorship program, because that seems to be like a big factor in you and your partner setting up your business. Yeah. Um, so I used to volunteer for a charity. It's called Street Dreams. It helps disadvantaged youths get off the street and, you know, do something positive work-wise, help them find careers, like all sorts. It was, it was very local to High Wycombe. They did big things in and around the county. When I came out of uni, because I used to do that when I was sort of volunteer for them before university. When I came out of university, you know, they, they kind of carried on that big brother and uncle, uncle and auntie sort of mentorship and just pushed, you know, when, you know, as I said, I wasn't happy in retail at John Lewis because I didn't go to uni to, to work there. And you think you come out with a, with a job, but, you know, you couldn't find one. And they kind of just said, look, just do it yourself. And at the time we were like, well, we haven't got a mortgage. We have no kids. The least riskiest time to do it, it's now. And we did it. And, you know, I'm thankful for that because we used to meet them monthly, weekly, ring up all the time. They, would, they had local business connections as they were a local charity. So... They'd introduce us and really be ambassadors for us. And um, yeah, it's interesting to see where we've come since that. And, you know, a huge part of me being where I am now is uh, because of them, to be honest, and just getting that, that help to get off the ground and say, you know, do it. No, I mean, it's a tough business to be in. And I know certainly with people that I've talked to that are younger than me, because I'm in my 30s, to start off with, like, if you've got no industry, you've got no industry connections to sort of break in, get contacts and build up your portfolio and actually, you know, build something that's approaching a business is massively, you know, it's like sky, you know, sky high vision for a lot of people. So like to have that, I think it's a massively huge thing. 
and clearly it's benefited you massively absolutely um i wouldn't be here with a you know with a business and doing this if it wasn't for that sort of encouragement at that stage and and that's why when people saw if i get messages or people ask me even just for suggestions on cameras this is a good one i always try and well i do as i don't try i always answer i always help because i think it's important like you say to have that connection that advice that encouragement anyone can do in my, i believe anyone can do what they want to do they just need to understand that they have to put the work in and build relationships with people to get help and learn like never never stop learning and, and i'll be honest as well i didn't I, and feel free to use any of this if you want but the turning point for me was like i lost my dad in 2017 and at that point throughout my you know my grief and all that stuff i was like nothing more can hurt me so i i almost felt like I'm not afraid of this anymore, so I'm just gonna go for it. I'm just gonna go for it, literally. Like, nothing can hurt me more. I'm going for it. That's it. Like, it makes you put a perspective, like everything's a perspective in life, doesn't it? When something like that happens, and especially after this year, like I'm sure loads of people have gone through that this year, well they have. For me, I looked at life differently. Like, you only got one shot. This is what you wanna do. Just go do it and give your everything. Give your everything. Maintain your relationships, look after the people you love, you know, spend time with your family, your friends, all your loved ones, make your passion, your paycheck. If you love this game and I love this game and I'm fortunate enough to be earning from it, give it your all. And again, that video we've just discussed was made in 2018. So I, like, maybe that was the answer to your question before about the turning point. That was the turning point. Right. Real, real talk. That's when I said, no hard barred now, let's go. And I don't think we, we've, we've not looked back since. I've been blessed to work with, like you said, a variety of clients, different sizes, you know, cause I don't want to seem like an arrogant prick either. Like, <laughs> cause it's not, I just work hard. I just work hard and I focus and that's it. That's all I do. You know, I, I learn, work hard, focus, and just don't be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. This is that, that is literally it. Oh no, there's no secret sauce in from where I'm standing. Anyway, if you love it, get involved, give it your all. Don't be a douche. And uh, yeah, work hard. That's, um, and I know it's been a while, but like, you know, obviously apologies in terms of like your dad. Yeah, but. I know, yeah. It's, it's, like, it's life, isn't it? And it's one of them, it's, you know, it's hard to take, you take your time, but I don't think we ever really stopped. We didn't really stop, well, I didn't stop, sorry. I didn't stop working and, and I know that's not for everyone, but I didn't, but it did make me look at things differently. And, you know, through your grief, you just think I'm going for this. I'm going for this. Thank you. And you know, you didn't actually thank you legitimately. You didn't have to tell me that. So thank you so much. What I'm going to do right now is basically go to some quick fire questions, which I have at the end. Yeah. If basically, if you could speak to anyone who was picking up like a camera or was wanting to start off in videography, or was just basically just curious about shooting in the first place, um, what advice would you give them? Invest in whatever kit you can get approach the type of customers you hope to work for work for them for free if you have to uh, and just continue to do it just keep working keep building keep making content keep posting it as well instagram i think instagram is the social media that works for our for videographers it's a platform that everyone's on daily create yourself a profile create a, a film identity um, I think that's always better to just channel a page where it's just your work and just everything that surrounds your work. 
not necessarily just showcasing your own product videos. Show your personal side, but also show who you're talking to, who you're working for, what you're working on, however you feel to deliver it. But just continue to work. Just keep putting out content because you'll only ever improve. Always try and improve on your last, your last effort and ask questions. So just keep learning, keep working. And why for you is um, Instagram the key sort of platform you say like above, like, I don't know, like a Facebook or a TikTok or something else? Um, I'm, I'm way too old to be on TikTok. I have no idea how it works. So I'm not on TikTok. And for me and all the, the people that I know, we're all on Instagram. So that, that's it. You, you, that's where you learn techniques. That's where you see people's finished articles. That's where businesses uh, advertise or the ones... I work with tend to advertise. So that's for me is where you can create, or I've created a profile where I can display my work and the things I get up to and, and network. It's how I met you, Archie. It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> I, I saw your showreel. That's it. I saw your showreel like about a couple of months back. And that is how we got talking. If you had an unlimited budget, what would your dream kit setup be? Uh, so it's probably not going to be a great shopping list for the techies out there, but I would like a red cam. Uh, Komodo, uh, Bolt, you know, the robotic arm that Kendrick Lamar used in his, his video. I'd like to play with one of them. I don't know what this is for, by the way. I'm just naming some kit that I think is cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a bunch of lights. That's it, really. And a DOP. <laughs> <laughs> I want all the kit in the world and then someone that actually does the film. Yeah, I want all the lights. <laughs> But that, again, <laughs> that's what I want. I want the guy to use those high-end lights. I'll tell you a story as well. Here's another quick story for you. During the John Lewis days after Unium, I did some running for a, um, a production company called Luti Media. Now, Luti Media are massive. They have directors and music video directors from here, from in the States, who have directed. Director X was with Luti Media. Like, oh, really? Yeah, Director X, um, so all those, R. Kelly, Jay-Z, all of them, Rihanna. Google Looty Media, you'll see what I mean. I, I was running for them, literally just driving my car, back driving producers this, picking up that, no, no role at all. I did a few projects with them. And actually, again, another guy I got big up, Javier, who is a, was a producer for Looty, now is his own producer, um, who actually produced the Stormzy Big For Your Boots video. Anyway, the story is Director X shot a video for Angel, the singer from London, West London. And again, I was just running and just watching him organize the set. Everyone had a singular position. The lighting guys, gaffers, producers, the talent, assistant producer, second assistant producer, director, two ADs, second, all this. Everyone had a role, you know, and in my head, I like to do a bit of everything. I didn't actually know what role I would want to, did I want to be the steady cam guy that's holding the heavy camera for, for 10 hours? Not necessarily. Did I want to be the guy who was just all about the lighting? Did I want to be a DOP? That wasn't me. I like, I like doing a bit of everything, which is why this, in this game as the, the online videographer suits me down to a T because you learn a bit of everything and you get your hands in a bit of everything. So that's why I'm saying with the dream kit, I would call in the people who know it better than me with unlimited budget. And I would, I would get the vision in my head that I want, me and the client. However, I would call in the experts in those particular fields that I feel I needed help with. It's really, really true. And I think it's a really interesting thing that you never really quite click until you start working in the industry in some way, shape or form, even as like videographers, like 
generally would tend to be like either one man or two man bands, or you'll work in small companies, but you know, you're basically, it's like a pool of people. And it's not really until you get to something at a slightly higher level that you really click that thing of like, oh no, it's really just more like a creative vision. And it's more a case of like, you're a general leading an army. And I think the first time I had really had that was actually last year when I worked on a TV show, uh, Royal Team Talk. And then I was working behind the scenes in terms of like editorial, just working with sort of like our contributors and working with like the talent. And in terms of the actual filming side of things, we had a commercial director who came on, I think it's Marcus Liveridge. And again, working with him and seeing him work with his team, and it was an assistant director and a second assistant director, and you had yeah. different camera crews all working with, like, you know, all working with, I think they were using Reds, I believe they were using Reds, or like Alexis. No, they weren't using Alexis, they are using Alexis. And it's that kind of thing of like, that's how it is. It is that's what this is. And then you extrapolate that to like a big movie. Yeah. And you think that is what it is. You're literally, you're directing, but you are not, there is no way in hell that you're doing everything. And even say like with big movies where you have like action scenes and they'll have like second unit and like you literally will not have any physical involvement in that. Well, you'd have storyboarded everything, you talked to everything. Yes. And now that stuff is happening there and pickups are happening on that side of things. And this is all stuff where in our minds, we're filming everything, but like you're literally, no, you are just yeah. you are the guy who's holding yeah. the reins. Everyone has a role, yeah. But you, you understand how it works at a certain level. But the age of the online videographer has come and it's, it's here, it's now, we're in it. There's a bunch of people like you and me who are doing this and make, earning a living and creating for online. Uh, that might not necessarily be in the sort of TV and film side of things. Um, but I love it. I love it. I like trying my hands to things. I, I want to get bigger. And as I said, I want to get onto things on online streaming services. But you know, that's, that's, again, that's maybe that's a level I need to learn. Like I said, keep learning. Unlimited budget, unlimited resources. What's your dream project to make and what's your dream project to work on? I would like to follow, and I've thought about this, I would like to follow, and I can't do it anymore, but Jay-Z or J. Cole on tour and make a tour video with them. Everything in between, or the making of the album. Have you seen the, uh, the Jay-Z Fade to Black documentary? Not the documentary, no, I haven't seen that. Jay-Z, when he made the Black Album, he did a film about how he made it. So you see like him in the studio with Pharrell, him in the studio with Kanye West. You know, he talks about things that how he came up with each song, like a documentary behind the scenes of making the album. I would have loved to make something like that with either Jay-Z or J. Cole, just because I feel like I'd get on with both of them. <laughs> I feel like they're cool guys. I feel like we'd have a good time. Well, I would. I don't know about them, but I'd have a good time. Well, you know. <laughs> Okay, and that brings us to uh, the last question, which is not mine. I get a question from my previous interviewee, who then passes on the question to you. So, yeah. So, from the previous interviewee, question here is, do you think gear over quality is an issue for a lot of people? As in, basically, do you think there's much more of an emphasis on having the best or newest or up-to-date gear rather than sort of being having the quality technique or quality style. And you think that's an issue for a lot of videographers? I don't think it's a huge issue, but it might hinder creativity at times. 
I'm not sure there's a definitive answer for that. But what I would say is sometimes you think you're incapable of achieving certain things and you might well be, but there, there is a way around it, I think. There's always a way you can try something to get around said problem. Said problem. And you look at all the, all the people on YouTube and the Instagrams and there's some really brilliant stuff out there. You know, people who aren't making stuff for television are making adverts for brands. And they're, like you said, they're one-man bands. They're guys in, with just MacBooks and they got, we've got consumer-level quality equipment. So I don't know. I don't think it is, actually. Just when you look at it as a whole... There's not that, it depends. It just depends. It's hard. It's a tough one. Who gave that question? <laughs> I'm not sure. Yes and no is my answer. Yes and no. I think, I don't think many people know, like go, oh, I have to buy the best gear to make good stuff. I don't think many people think that anymore because I think there's enough influencers out there, videographer influencers, you know, the Peter McKinnons and the Daniel Schiffers and the people like that enough people tell you don't need the kit there's hundreds of youtubes youtube videos where people say look how i achieved this on an iphone you know people make music videos of iphones and stuff like that so i don't think people think they need the kit um and i think when you look at it as a whole the fact that the youtube content world and instagram content world is booming and there's money to be made from commercial clients i don't think as a whole it is but i think it might people might think it would hinder them uh, in some places. That's my answer. <laughs> Just about. I agree with you for the most part. I think the thing I would probably say is that I think maybe for videographers, and I know certainly I've been guilty of this in the past, is thinking that you need to level up to get to a certain professional level. And you're right, that's not necessarily the case. Um, I look back at times where I bought kit where I think oh, I need to do this, like, well, I definitely need to get a gimbal or I definitely need to get more lights or I definitely need to get a new lens. And in some cases you do, and in some cases you don't. Like, I mean, you may need to get a new gimbal if you want to have more sort of smoother, like, yeah, smoother shots. You want to keep more of the steady cam shots or do something a little bit more technical here and there. But if your shooting style is based around filming a lot of sort of live events, then maybe you could just go handheld and like half the time going handheld or having a decent shoulder rig will do you fine. You know, oh yeah, I need lights, I need lights. So maybe you do need lights, but if you've got a camera with decent low light, maybe you can get away with not having lights or if you're filming a lot of stuff. Here and there, you know what I mean? It's a lot of kind of things of like, I think it's sometimes it's just like kid envy. I think it's a mixture of just kid envy and sometimes just necessarily not understanding what your kit can do. Yes. Like if you're not buying with kit envy, then cool. But if you're buying to improve the product and you should know what kit you need for the type of things you shoot. Like you said, if you're shooting events, you know, you can't use certain pieces of kit. You can't carry around a huge gimbal. If you need sound, you can't use a red. Like, <laughs> it's like you need to, you just need to basically channel your kit to what you intend your clients or what you hope your clients to be. Like I said in the beginning, shoot for your intended audience, your intended clients. Um, and that way you can tailor your kit and slow, you know, upgrade as you see fit. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a difficult one, but you just don't fall into the trap of just buying kit for the sake of buying kit because you'll spend a lot of money and then you, you think you yourself, well, where are my clients? Well, <laughs> and again, it depends what you're doing it for. If, you're, if it's a business you're trying to run, then that's, that's important. It's not just about the art. It's, I don't know, this podcast obviously is, but if you're running a business, you need to work out, you know, you need clients. There's no point 
continuing and spending on kit if you've got no customers. And again, customers won't know what, well, some customers won't know what you're shooting on. They won't, they don't know the technical differences that we do as creators. They just know what they need in terms of assets and content to sell or promote. So it's, it's just about working out what you need to deliver that. Um, and there's, there's plenty of places you can rent nowadays anyway. I would always say rent, try and rent first if you can't, especially if it's just for one project or if it, you know, depending on the price, you can maybe justify, if you're going to need it again, you could justify buying it outright. Wise words. <laughs> on that note, man, um, I think we might call it there. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Gary. Um, really got a good insight into what you're about into how you put everything together. It'd be great to sort of find out exactly what you've got coming up in terms of any personal work that you've got, any personal projects you're doing, stuff you're doing with Highway Productions, um, anything that you guys have got coming up for 2021. Um, so at the minute, you know, there's a huge focus on the boxing. So follow, you know, my page at I am Mr. Blake. Um, you'll see content being made for Anthony Yard, professional light heavyweight boxer. Um, obviously the podcast is is still going in fact i'm going to go and do a shoot now on the over zoom for the podcast this week um and in terms of sort of other commercial projects you know we're doing stuff with um some cocktail companies like i mentioned we're doing some stuff with interior designers that are, that are coming up now and we're in we're in talks with some some other sort of more corporate companies that say for their communications and content for the year so it, it's it's looking good obviously it's been a difficult year for all businesses in some way shape or form thankfully we've We've, like, we've been fortunate enough to carry on working throughout, um, but, you know, we are feeling the effects. But, um, yeah, just just keep working. But, uh, like I said, with my advice, just, just keep pushing, you know, keep keep learning, keep asking questions, and, um, yeah, you can, you, can, you can do whatever you want. That's what I believe. Great. And I know you already said this before, but it'd be great if you could just give an actual uh, shout-out in terms of where we can find you online, specifically with your IG, if there's any web pages for production company, anything else specifically in terms of like uh, the five uh, five podcasts, where exactly can we find you guys? Okay, so my Instagram is uh, at I am Mr Blake. You can find our web page on showreel and testimonials, etc., on uh, www.highwayproductions.co.uk. Um, you can find the boxing podcast, The Fight Is Right. Uh, hosted by Tunde Ajayi and Spencer Fearon um, on YouTube, Spotify, all the podcast platforms. They're all there, audio and visual. Um, and Mr. Anthony Yard on YouTube, follow his page. Um, there'll be content hitting there as well. So yeah, just stay tuned. Give me a follow, I'll follow back. And um, thanks for having me, more importantly. Thank you for having me, Archie. It's been great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. It's good. It's the, the guys behind the camera are getting highlights. So, uh, yeah, good luck to all the, the rest of the guests, and I hope it goes well. Thank you very much. And exactly what you said, the guys behind the camera. To anyone who's listening, to any videographers who are out there, like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you don't do even it. get filmed. There you go, yeah. If you have me sit down, it might be a different <laughs> different story. <laughs> but, no, it's been good. Thanks for having me, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, nice, to, it's nice to speak about it. You have, awesome, to get a, you have to get a group of us on it. Be good. Well, we'll see, man. Like, you know, I mean, this is a recording this right now. It's, it's midway, like beginning of December. We'll see what happens with 2021. The idea, the ideas are there, but, you know, 
we're obviously living in a COVID world now, so we'll see how it all plays out. But the idea is definitely there. I'm just going to say thanks again, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Yes, thank you. Pleasure again. And anytime you need me, just give me a shout. I'll be happy to jump in. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with other people, post about it on your socials, tell your friends and family about it. Hell, even that neighbor you walk past and occasionally say hi to. Or you could just leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at ArchieOnabu. That's Archie, O-N-O-B-U. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.